Hello, 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 and welcome to episode eight, Daily Football Report. We're live. How are you doing for? I am doing well, Goggin. How are you doing today, man? Doing great, man. Doing great. A lot of football today, man. Where are we starting off? Oh, my goodness. I don't know if it could get any better after yesterday's two games, man. But today definitely delivered as well, coming down to the very last play that we actually just just got done watching. Uh, man, I think it only be fitting that we uh, – gosh, we, we got to uh, – we had 24 hours to reflect, man. Or, or, is it uh, dawning on you, man, how big that, uh, that Jacksonville win was yesterday? Quite honestly, man, I'm still in shock. 27 points blown. Happens though, right? You know what I am also in shock, man, is we're finally up and running on Spotify, man. For those of you, they requested it. So there's some good news, guys. We got a couple episodes up, and we'll add more and more as we can. Yeah, we are going to upload the entire catalog. So everything that you would have seen on our uh, previous site, whether you're following us on Facebook uh, or following us on Twitter, we're going to have that entire catalog available as well as all future episodes going to be going up on Spotify. Man, that's... It's crazy, man. It feels good to be on Spotify, man. Let's see. Building it just day by day, right? Just like these coaches today, man. Wow, what a game plan by Coach Mike McDaniel, man. Let's start off. How about them bills, man? Hey, man, I, I, I told you. I told you the mad scientist McDaniel was going to come out there and uh, he was going to get it done or at least make it as competitive as possible with that defense and that special teams. And that is exactly what happened, man. You're right. So the final score of that game, for those that didn't tune in, 34-31, to 31, Buffalo snuck on by. But, man, did Buffalo look like they were going to lose? Yeah, they absolutely did. I mean, well, first off, I think it's only fitting we kind of recap the game a little bit, right? So uh, looking at that game starting off, man, it was about as disastrous as you could have for Miami. They came out. They were dropping passes left and right. Skylar Thompson was placing the ball uh, in a lot of – a lot of catchable positions for these receivers, and they were just dropping the football. Um, it cost them some crucial, crucial first downs. Before you I'm blink. Glad to, oh, yeah, I'm, you go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I'm glad you mentioned that, man. It started off with the Waddle drop. Tyreek Hill was dropping. It did not look good, man. It looked like Miami really couldn't adjust to that cold-weather ball, right? It's a little harder. You think that was a little bit of it? Or nerves? You know, man, I think it's a lot of nerves. I don't think you have a lot of playoff uh, veterans on this, this Dolphins team. Um, also, you know, it, it's one of those things, man. They know Buffalo's the favorite. They know the betting lines. They can say they don't, but they, they're aware of uh, how big of underdogs they were, man. And uh, they also know who's quarterbacking them. You know, they've seen it all week in practice. So I think that had a lot to do with it, man. Nerves all around for the Dolphins. I'm glad you mentioned that, man. I think the stats really did not indicate how good of a game Skylar Thompson played today, man. Right? He he excelled today, man. He really surpassed all expectations of him. Yeah, I think that he, you know, you're going to look at that uh, that completion percentage and you're going to be appalled. But you really need to watch a lot of the early drops and a lot of the plays that should have been made. Um, also, man, he had a lot of bad breaks. You know, he did try to extend plays. He did try to make decisions. Obviously, there's a reason why he's not a starter in the NFL. But in terms of a third string quarterback stepping up, that's exactly all. That's exactly what you'd expect and all you would want in a third string quarterback right there. That's a great point. I would say, you know, one of the things that we indicated all week long, the Josh Allen turnovers, man, the volatility, right? The touchdown down the field, the interception or the fumbles, the touchdowns, the interceptions and the fumbles. 
And it's it's just one of those things, right, where some of these talented quarterbacks, right, Lawrence was able to overcome four picks the other night, and it looked like just again today, Allen was able to overcome all of his turnovers, man. But that's also against a Tua-less Dolphins, right? Can't really do that against these other teams in the AFC, man. No, I think you're seeing a little bit of a separation there, right? I think we are giving the the Bills a lot of credit heading into this postseason, and a lot of people are favoring them out of the AFC. But you've got to look at it, man. These turnovers, if they occur against a team like the Bengals or like the Chiefs, it's not going to be a good day at the office for Buffalo. Agreed. Agreed. I'm sure Kansas City probably watched this game, and I, you know what? They probably liked what they saw, man. They've... Again, this was Miami Dolphins without their starting quarterback, right? So this this was just terrible, man. Terrible showing for Buffalo. And quite honestly, Buffalo's very lucky to have snuck on by. Hey, man, I, you know, it's one of those things. you got to look at this game as, as, as a full game, right? And I think the theme of this, uh, this wild card uh, playoff so far has been a tale of two halves. I think that's fitting for almost every single game. You look at this game today, man, with, with Buffalo and – uh, with Miami, and th- at one point, I believe it was 17 nothing in favor of Buffalo. Um, Miami was able to then start chipping away uh, in that second quarter. Um, started with some field goals made, and then they were able to steal a touchdown right before the half. Um, they actually had it 17-17 um, before Buffalo was able to then uh, drive downfield and get a, a, a last-second field goal at the half to put them up three. Yeah, it was. it was also just one of those things where Ultimately, man, the thing about this Buffalo team is they're talented. And you can, you know, they, Miami just, because they were so close. But Buffalo still, when they swing, they swing big. They can hit you on some deep passes. Diggs really took over in the second half as well, man. So hats off to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, man. The, uh, you know, the second half of the game, man, was a lot more of uh, Miami trying to kind of find interesting ways to I guess it felt like steel points, right? Um, it came down to uh, Buffalo. Uh, really just, like you said, the better playmakers on their side of the ball. Um, they were able to clutch up in that fourth quarter and really run away with it. But you can't say that Miami did not have a shot. I believe uh, I believe that, you know, in that third quarter, I, I believe the betting line almost had it, you know, borderline a pick them at one point. Uh, Miami, Miami did a lot, and... Uh, they, they pretty much left it all out on the field. They have nothing to be ashamed about with their performance today. Uh, McDaniels, other than the late getting in the plays, um, I thought he, he had an excellent game. And uh, he called a phenomenal game with Skylar Thompson out there. And his defense came and showed up. And his special team showed up. And overall, the Miami Dolphins, man, they showed up. Agreed. I mean, there really wasn't anything else. I think the only takeaway I had was Josh Allen did not seem to run the ball too much today, man. So that was really my big takeaway. I think had the Buffalo Bills lost the game, I think the play calling would have been questioned uh, as far as him not running the ball as much, right? Uh, Did you have any other final takeaway on this game, man? You know, man, I guess it would just be on the Buffalo side of things here that when looking at Buffalo, I think a, a lot of their mystique was lost today. Um, I think they people fear Buffalo to a pretty high extent. Um, that's kind of a regular season thing. You don't want to be playing Buffalo, and uh, we thought it would tra- we thought it would move on with the postseason. But man, these Miami Dolphins took a little bit of their shine today, and I could see some teams 
honestly being excited being matched up with with the Buffalo Bills, man. It's not a team that I'm leaving going, man, they're a well-oiled machine like the Chiefs or, you know, something even like the uh, even like the Bengals, man. I'm not fearing Buffalo the same way. And I don't think a lot of the teams in the NFL are either. Agreed. Agreed. You think we should transition over to our favorite game, man, the game that we really said we love this upset. The New York Giants traveling into Minnesota. Daniel Jones. Wow, man. Rev it up. What if I told you Dan Jones had more carries than Delvin Cook? 17 carries for Daniel Jones, only 15 carries for Delvin Cook. Is that strange? Does that sound right? You know what, man? I think if you look at what we had talked about um, previously on our last pod, man, we kind of talked about this, that Daniel Jones running would be the key. And uh, we kind of felt like they maybe saved a lot of that in the regular season to kind of open up the playbook here in the postseason. And if you look today, man, look, I saw a stat that came out after the game, and I wanted to make sure I shared this. But Daniel Jones today was the first player all time with 300 passing yards two passing touchdowns and 70 rushing yards in a postseason game. They absolutely asked him to do a lot, and he delivered today on all fronts. Agreed. I will say there was one thing that just really impressed me, man. Do you know this receiver, Isaiah Hodgins? Man, I wasn't familiar with him until today. I'll tell you that much. Agreed, man. He just played his tail off. Eight grabs, 105 yards, one touchdown. You know, there's just something about Kirk Cousins, man. His stat line was good, but there was one key play I just did not like. On a fourth and eight late in the game, the guy throws it five yards short of the sticks on an out route, turnover on downs, cost themselves the game. What do you have to say, man? Is, is it just uh, always one of those things to bet against Kirk Cousins in the playoffs? You know, man, I think that's a normal stigma that's uh, given, right? Kirk Cousins, prime time or meaningful game like this one. Um, you're going to have a guy that chokes. I don't think that I, when I watched him today, man, that I thought that. Um, I think more so what I saw was just an exceptional Giants team that honestly resembles a lot of those wild card giant teams uh, from from the you know the 2007 2013 run where every year that they got in they were scary. Um, I think this is a team that they're, like we said their defense would have to step up and make plays. We saw that today in crucial situations, obviously on the fourth down stop. But on top of it, man, we saw a defense that actually looked like they were playing their best football of the year, and that is what you look for at this time of year to get to the big dance. The other thing I wanted to say real quick, too, man, was it's easy to look at Daniel Jones, man, and give him a lot of praise. But can we not give a little bit of love here to Saquon Barkley? I mean, come on. The guy is phenomenal. He's turning back the clock. Of course, we have a listener here, and we're going to give him a platform to speak as well. B, uh, fill us in, man. Do you got anything to say? No, I was just wondering what you guys think about the uh, uh, um, Cowboys-Tampa game. Wow, I'm glad you brought that up, man. Who you got? You, who do you uh, I mean, like? I grew up in Florida. I think we'll uh, you know. uh, I'm. Uh, I, I think the Bucks would take it, but like, uh, I don't think uh, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to predict right now. Uh, agreed, Fofo. I'm gonna let you take this over, man. You're a resident Buccaneer. Uh, rumor has it you once got a tattoo of some sort of Buccaneer memorabilia, which I won't mention. Oh uh, man, yeah, yeah no. <laughs> Uh, yeah, B, welcome to the pod, man. Uh, yeah, I'm a diehard Bucks fan, dude. So, I uh, yeah, man, been a fan, honestly, since uh, 
really Warren Sapp's my all-time favorite player, man. So um, I'm rooting for the Bucks. You know, I'm trying not to let my uh, my heart overshadow, but I do think the Bucks have a really, really good path to victory tomorrow. Already beaten Dallas once on the year. It's kind of a different team now, to be to be honest. Uh, obviously, they're healthy. Dak's healthy now, so it'll be interesting, man. But I, I do think that. Tampa can get it done, and I do think that it will probably be a relatively close game. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a, hopefully a good day for Tampa Bay. Agreed. I think if I if I can chime in, B, we're also on Spotify now, so Daily Football Report, just look it up and you'll see us. And we'll, you'll see our full catalog here within the next day. My takeaway, it's Tampa Bay, Tom Brady at home as an underdog. That doesn't even sound right. And, yeah, I think Tampa is the better team on paper as well. I mean, they have more playoff experience. Dallas, man, they just they haven't looked well the last month or so. The defense is giving up too many points. It's Coach Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott. Just like we saw Kirk Cousins and company lose today, we're going to see the same thing tomorrow as well. Is there anything that worries you about Dallas? You know, man, I don't know uh, if that was directed at either me or B here, but um, I'm just going to chime in. I got to say, man – Definitely the rushing attack. Um, you know, you got the two-headed monsters with Elliott and and honestly, mainly Pollard. Let's let's give him some credit here. Um, that said, you know, rushing teams that match up with the Bucks, it generally doesn't go their way um, very often. You know, because we've got Big Vita Vea up front, man, and he he's a run stuffer for sure. So I like our chances trying to stop the run. If we can uh, have our corners perform up to the level that they're supposed to we should be able to also take away the passing game right and that should win us the game but you know uh, it's it's it, you get nervous man no matter how how old you get you get those those nervous uh, butterflies in your stomach the night before a big game man and I, i'd be lying if i told you i didn't have them yeah i mean you should have them right as a uh, as a fan what i will also mention is dak prescott's just been throwing interceptions left and right this wasn't really something he did early on in his career, as he was a bit more conservative, didn't throw the ball as much, didn't throw the ball as deep either. But yeah, I think uh, it seems like Dal- uh, Dak Prescott really, we're starting to see him regress a bit. And I don't know, man, I don't know if it's the play calling. Is it Coach Mike McCarthy? I don't know. I, he, I mean, it's still Kellen Moore, right, calling the plays and... Dak's been in the system for several years. So I just think really we're we're seeing Dak without Amari Cooper, and I think that really has had a negative impact on him. But, yeah. What would you have, Bo? Oh, no, man. I was just going to say I think that that is a fantastic take, and I think we've seen a little bit of a regression there. Could be the injuries from Dak, right? But it also could just be the fact that Mike McCarthy is in town, and, you know, things haven't gotten better, man. Let's be honest. Yeah, yes. I mean, that'll be a good game. I'm excited to see where it goes. But I think I'm going to get back to our point here. The the New York Giants, man. What a win for Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley played very well. He had the game-winning touchdown at the end, I believe. And, um, man, I just I think ultimately at the end of the day, this Giants team, they won a lot of close games early on in the year. They... They slowed down a little bit throughout the year. But, man, they win close games. That defense is for real. What do you think? Yeah, man, I think I think we kind of – we kind of gave them a lot of praise already. I will say, man, this going into this offseason, there's going to be a lot of questions at Minnesota, right? Because you've built this roster up. You have talent. You, you have a top three receiver, right, in Justin Jefferson. You have gone out and gotten Hawkinson. 
you've got these these guys, man, like these playmakers on the offensive side of the ball from Dalvin Cook and everything. You, there's no excuse anymore. And I'm not putting this on Cousins, but I am going to say there has to be a solution here. Um, you've got to come up with something. Even the defense, man. The defense, while it's not elite, it's still very good. And they've got to figure out something in Minnesota or they're going to end up wasting away a lot of these players' primes, man. I would say, ultimately, what Minnesota has shown is you just cannot give top-tier money to maybe a mid-to-above-average mid-tier quarterback, right? I mean, the pathway to win super, winning Super Bowls is you either get a late veteran quarterback like Stafford last year, Brady the year before, or it's got to be a, a quarterback on an early contract, a rookie contract per se, so you can build the best team around him, right? I mean, we even saw this several years back with Mark Sanchez being able to get some deep playoff runs. And I mean, ultimately, that those Rex Ryan defenses were fantastic as well during that time period, and the rules were different as well. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a great comparison to these teams. I, I would just say, man, that I think if I'm Minnesota, and this might be a really, really hot, interesting take here, but I'm going to really look at the draft and potentially see if we can find Kirk Cousins' replacement because at the end of the day, yeah, we can do another year of this. We can go and out there and win 10, 11, 12 games. That's great. But what else? What, you know, there's a lot to just getting a playoff game, but there's a lot more to playing January football. And I think this team and their fan base are desperately wanting it. And I feel like they deserve it, man. So I think they might need to look somewhere else at quarterback for next season. If not next season, maybe some bridge or potentially the year after that. But they got to get something figured out. Agreed. I will have one mention, man. Um, would you rather be the Chicago Bears where you went nine and seven and got the number one overall pick? Um, correction, they went uh, three and 14, and got the number one overall pick. Or would you be the nine and eight Packers, right? Or would you rather be these 13 and four Minnesota Vikings, man, and first game out? Let's just remember, man, zero playoff wins for the NFC North. Man, like, tough, tough time. <laughs> wow. Well, man, it's interesting that you bring that question up. Uh, if we're kind of ranking uh, the NFC North, um, I think that that's a really interesting uh, angle to take here. If you're asking me what team I'd want on paper right now, and this is probably going to absolutely blow some people's minds, I want the Detroit Lions. I, I Call me crazy, man, but the team that you did not mention is the team that I would want. And, you know, you've got Jared Goff there, sure, but I like Jared Goff. And honestly, <laughs> let's look at it, man. Yeah, Kirk Cousins probably had better stats over the regular season, the more successful season, obviously, he got to the postseason. But I probably could make a good argument that for the, at least the final eight weeks of the season, man, there's no doubt that Jared Goff outperformed Kirk Cousins down the stretch. So, yeah, I'm taking Detroit, man. What about you? If you could have one of the four teams, who are you taking? Wow, I'm glad you mentioned that. I do think Goff did more with less. Kirk definitely, he played well this year, but again, just couldn't get it done. The team I would take would still have to be the Green Bay Packers. Look, you know, you have $20 million, I believe, that you'll have to pay or get rid of at running back with Aaron Jones. 
but I don't know. I think the Packers found something with Christian Watson. If you're able to possibly do something with Aaron Rodgers, I don't know. But even if you bring him back, it's still Aaron Rodgers, right? So if he can get in the playoffs, it kind of turns into Brady this year, right? Where Brady's still the most experienced quarterback in the NFC, especially, right? So I don't know, man. I mean, going back to the Buccaneers matchup, like playoffs are a whole different thing, right? And we saw this where a lot of quarterbacks, they came out, they threw interceptions yesterday, they missed the balls, Brock Purdy looked tight early on. It's a whole different game, and I think experience really pays dividends here. So, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I think the Lions and the Packers, and we'll see, man. The NFC North, that's a <laughs> it's definitely a whirlwind in of itself, man. But did you have any other final takes on the Giants and the Vikings take in the Vikings game? Well, man, I just, I just want to jump in real quick here. Uh, you know, I missed most of that argument because as soon as I heard you mention you were going to take the Packers, I tried to figure out how to do a boo button. You know, that boo button, that boo. I'm trying to get that, man, because I don't know how you'd want to deal with that drama over there with Aaron Rodgers, man. I, I praise you, man. You've got a quarterback controversy. You've got wide receivers saying, man, I don't care where my quarterback's at. I'm on my way out. I'm worried about myself. You've got defensive players that, you know, I, look, man, more power to you, okay? More power to you for wanting to take on that headache. But I just had to chime in here and kind of roast you there a little bit. But, no, man, I got no more uh, no, no more comments on this game. I think we covered it pretty well. All right. Well enough. Let's transition to the final game, the game where maybe we were one of the only few podcasts and or reporters out there talking about this. And we mentioned that Hundley would see some field and maybe possibly start yesterday yesterday and we were correct so the baltimore ravens traveled to cincinnati what a game division rival third time playing this year what was your takeaway sir yeah man so when that kind of smokescreen news came out man that said that the uh the vikings weren't gonna start huntley we were both you mean the ravens i'm sorry i'm sorry yes the ravens i'm still on the vikings man that that game was insane but the vikings probably should have started someone else (laughs) (laughs) hey man with how good huntley played tonight man there's an argument that he could have gotten it done for those vikings but Neither here nor there, man. With the Ravens, we were the only ones kind of uh, – and not this isn't to toot our own horn, but it's just another reason to praise Harbaugh, right? Because this man sent smoke screens out all week saying, ah, oh, is it going to be – Huntley no it's not going to be Huntley it like he knew all week it was it was going to be Huntley and that's the important thing ah we're going to play both of them no you weren't and that's the uh that's the incredible thing right there he took every advantage he could get and uh I don't think that was talked about enough man even on the post game show that I did see there was no mention of that it was a brilliant move by the old savvy special teams coach John Harbaugh. And I think that was a very special teams type of move, man. However, his Ravens did fall short. They lost 17 to 24. Cincinnati Bengals held on with a touchdown late. And uh, did you see that play, man? Let's, uh, I can kind of give you the play by play how I saw it. There was uh, about a fourth, uh, they were, yeah, they were right almost about to sneak it in. Our boy Hundley goes for it, actually fumbles it at the goal line. And Sam Hubbard somehow catches it and takes it 99 yards the other way. Touchdown for the Bengals, complete switch in momentum. And that was it, man. That was how all she wrote. It was bad. It was bad, man. I uh, I had to look away, man. As somebody who did take 
you know, the, the, the Ravens here. And I did take them in the points. So kept my undefeated streak going here. Didn't want to bring this up right now in the middle of a recap. But I have ran the table on wildcard weekend. I think Goggin might have slipped over that on the opening show notes there because he didn't want to give a little bit of love my way. So <laughs> got to create my own love there. I don't know yes, if we sir. want to talk you, about uh, Goggin's picks. but You went 5-0. and oh. I will give you that. You did. Yes. Congratulations. Hey, it's still early. Hey, as you always say, it's still early, right? We still have the most important game of the week tomorrow in Dallas and in Tampa. But uh, to go back to what you initially said, uh, yeah, that play, man, by Sam Hubbard. First off, the hometown kid, right? I think that's important to know. I mean, he did it for his city. Uh, the other thing, too, man, yeah, I, I think, you know, it's easy to look at this and go, man, Huntley didn't play great or whatever. I actually thought he played a great game. Uh, I thought it was very dynamic what they did. That's Ravens football, man. It doesn't matter if Lamar was there. That's pretty similar to what they would have done, man. Maybe more passing, but I, I don't know. I don't know what what else you could have expected Huntley to do today to try to steal this win over the Bengals. Yeah, well said. I mean, he played – one would say he looked like he outplayed Burrow tonight, man. So that was uh, – I wouldn't have seen that coming. And, yeah, I mean, Mark Andrews, you know, played a good game. Five grabs, 70-plus yards. Uh, Jamar Chase definitely stepped up, man. I got to say, right? I think he was really maybe the only uh, Bengal that uh, played up to his name tonight. Yeah, I think you're 100% spot on. I thought, for honestly, for the most part, the Bengals came out a little flat. I think there's a little bit too having to play a backup quarterback in an opening round. Um, they did secure it at the end there, forcing them on fourth and 20, an incomplete pass. But even on that incomplete pass, man, there was a shot there for them to catch that and potentially tie the game with the extra points. So honestly, I left the game feeling like the better team won, but a lot like the Buffalo Bills, they're not the big bad Bengals, man. I'm not fearing them heading into next week. Yeah, but but you know what they say, man. The most difficult game in the playoffs is your first game, right? As we saw the year the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, they struggled against my boy Taylor Heineke and the Commanders. At that time, they were the football team. And uh, that was uh, Tom's toughest matchup, man. So we'll see. We'll see how these playoffs unravel. I am looking forward to that game tomorrow, man. It seems strange to have a playoff game Monday night, as we mentioned multiple times. But... Now that we're here, man, I'm kind of jonesing for more football, so I'm excited for it now, actually. Oh, absolutely, man. I can't wait to uh, to, to clock off, head straight home, and make sure to get there for the pregame interviews and festivities and soak in another playoff game for my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, man. It, was, it wasn't so long ago we, uh, we didn't get these for a good 10 years, right? So you've got to – and I think this isn't talked about enough, man, but playoff games are really meaningful to fans. I mean, you don't know when your last one's going to be. Detroit feels me on that one. Uh, the Browns, for a long time, they felt me on that one, right? hell even buffalo man they had a little bit of a drought too so you know you don't know when you're gonna get in the dance and uh it's awesome even for these fan bases man even like the chargers and even teams like that they were even able to get to the to the playoffs man so you know i just wanted to touch on that a little bit agreed a playoff appearance is um is definitely a treat absolutely and i mean you know, a lot of these players, too, that we don't mention, but they get playoff bonuses. Uh, yesterday, I believe Geno Smith pocketed an additional million dollars for taking these Seahawks into the playoffs, man. Did you, you know uh, 
No, I did. I did. That that was that was a great moment there. Did you did you see Geno Smith's press conference today? I did not, man. What happened? Oh man, it was uh, it was a really cool moment. He uh, he was kind of asked, "Hey, man," he's kind of asked because he's an unrestricted free agent in March. What his plans are, and Geno pretty much said, "The money doesn't matter." I want to come back to Seattle. I owe Seattle. And it was weird to hear an athlete say that, but he then went on to explain, look, I'd probably be out of the league if it wasn't for Seattle. I wouldn't have had this opportunity if it wasn't for Pete, if it wasn't for John Schneider. So he said he owes the city and the fans, and he hopes that they bring him back because he absolutely will sign back and be a Seahawk next year. Wow. You know, that's that's a rarity in today's uh, day and age, man. It seems like the, you know, I feel like Tom took a lot of uh, hometown shortcuts right during those Patriots dynasties. And uh, again, it led to the multiple rings that he got. So possibly Gino, I think Gino sees how good of the window he has, man, with this young Seattle team, right? Yeah, I think there's a I, I think it's probably the best fit for him, right? Unless Gino wants to test the market. Maybe you can convince uh the, the dumpster fire known as uh, Indianapolis to throw you more money and have you go be yet another go have a, yet another journeyman quarterback go take over their team but um, you know it's one of those man I, th- there there are some fits out there that could make sense but for Gino and for his legacy and getting to play meaningful football I don't think any team compares to Seattle yeah well said well put I mean it is it's that simple I, I ultimately I think. I think Gino just kind of goes to show that you learn so much in the quarterback room that you're in, right? I mean, we see this with Coach Doug Peterson, right? We mentioned being in the quarterback room. Also, the other part I did not mention the other night, not only was Brett Favre obviously his quarterback, but he learned from Coach Mike Holmgren, who many regard as one of the top-tier coaches. And yeah, man, so I think I think if you really just look at Doug Peterson, he has learned a lot over the years, and it certainly shows and man, those Jaguars, man, they looked real good last night after the uh, the first couple of quarters, it seems. Yes, I completely agree with you, man. I, I think, uh, you know, for today, um, today's slate of games, I think a lot of the expected winners kind of came through, at least in our view, right? I think we, we had high hopes for the Dolphins, and we definitely called that game down to pretty much what it was. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things, man, when you look at it, like, Every game, and I don't know the last time I saw this, man, but every single game was competitive and every single game mattered on the very last drive. I don't know if we've ever had a better weekend of uh, playoff football, man. That's a very good point. Every game, you're right. You really couldn't turn it away. You really, uh, you also never really could turn off any of the games either, right? Knowing that all these comebacks are coming, even in the uh, the Chargers game, right? I'm sure you and I also both felt that there was going to be a comeback. We didn't necessarily know to what extent, but we felt that there would be some uh, some swinging of the pendulum back to the other side. Yeah, ultimately, man, I think today really just kind of goes to show that the favorites won. The teams that we all thought would win won. However, Minnesota, the favorite, that probably would not have been a favorite had it been a game in New York or had it been a neutral site game. So, yeah, ultimately, the teams that we thought would win, they did win, right? And I think if you look at it from the future playoff matchups that we'll cover here later this week, that's what you want. You want the best teams to be the best teams and face the best teams, right? 
that's that you couldn't have said it any better myself man and uh yeah your vikings takes 100 percent spot on man i don't know if they're favored against anybody else in the playoffs i'm being honest when i say that um the stigma behind kirk cousins is just so strong at this point of not being able to perform when it matters um yeah man i did you have any uh, Did you have any NFL news for the day? I feel like we did a great job recapping these games, and obviously, and we could talk for another two hours rambling about different points that we have. But is there uh, is there any NFL hot takes or things that caught your eye throughout the day that you wanted to touch on? There was one thing that I saw, and um, you know, it's one of my old favorite quarterbacks actually talking about this. I know that Lamar Jackson is going to get a lot of slack for not playing. And again, you know, he really doesn't have much playoff success to begin with, right? Remember a few years back when he won the MVP, he actually lost at home to Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry and those Titans. So, yeah, I would say there was a tweet, a tweet that RG3 put out, and he mentioned somehow how he backed Lamar making the right move. It's controversial, but you know what? Hindsight's 2020, and I think if RG3 could redo it, he would not have gone back in the game against Seattle when he re-injured his, uh, his knee. So yeah, I think that was really one big takeaway I had, where if you're a Ravens fan, if you're able to keep Lamar, yeah, this sucks in the short term, but this is the better off move in the long run, right? Yeah, absolutely, man. And also, you know, something I don't know if we touched on, uh, you touched on there that I, I think is good to bring up, but look, you guys weren't willing to pay Lamar Baltimore. So you want this man to go out there and play with the concern that he's having that he will be hurt, right? That That's all he wants. He just wants some guaranteed funds if he does go out there and perform hurt for you. And you have the nerve to make it seem like he could have played weeks ago. Well, yeah, he probably could have played weeks ago if you had him on a, a friendly contract, on a, on a contract that showed that you were backing him up and you had his back, just like he's having the organization's back by going out there and trying to play. And look, you know, I'm, I'm for the player. I'm, I'm not going to hide that. I'm always a player first guy. I'm, I'm very happy for Lamar for sitting this one out. As a fan of Lamar, um, I, I would have loved to have seen him out there, but – we don't want another RG3 situation. Hell, RG3 doesn't want another RG3 situation. So good on him for uh, staying strong on that one and holding holding Baltimore accountable. Right. And I think the only counter to that is Mike Vick did comment on it before. And so I believe that RG3's response was actually a response to this uh, tweet by Mike Vick. And it was something along the lines that Mike Vick said to just put a brace on it and go out and play. And you know what, though, man? I will say Vic is a bit older. Vic is a very tough Virginia boy. Sure. And, um, you know what, though? Like, there is something to be said about that, right? Like, I think Vic in his age, right, he had to deal with a lot of difficult hits that people would be throwing flags on every play. So, yeah, ultimately, I think Vic is just from a tougher generation. And maybe that's where he's coming from, right? Yeah, I think he comes back from the he comes from the days of, you know, rub some dirt on it and get out there. Right. That's that's kind of the mentality. And honestly, I think RG3 is the kind of guy that would go out there nine out of ten times. But I think we just saw with RG3 and how that was handled by Washington. It's the worst situation that could occur for a pro athlete. And thankfully, RG3 has been able to reinvent himself uh, as a wonderful commentator for college football. I mean, honestly, I think he's the best thing going for them. So I just wanted to kind of touch on that. Um, You know, I I also saw that today and definitely wanted to bring that up, man. So I'm glad you brought that to the discussion today. 
Yes, thank you, man. I mean, that was really it. I felt like today was just a good day of good football. Uh, yeah, a lot of great games. Great teams won. Every game was interesting, right? All games were one possession today. That's all you can ask for, man. I, I don't know. I, I think that's really it for me, man. Did you have anything else you wanted to add in for today's episode? No, I think for just uh, some transparency, I think it'd be great to once again just remind the viewers where we're at on our uh, on our betting predictions, man. You know, I might be at five and zero. Oh. Uh, what what are you at, Goggin? Where are we standing there, man? Sir, I am with the spread because that's what we're counting this. Right? Absolutely. What was the final line for the Baltimore game? It ended at, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it was sitting right at seven and a half uh, before kickoff. Okay, so then I ended at two and three. So two and three, man, it was a tough, tough outing. Again, my my lock of the day, the lock of the weekend, the best bet I felt good about was the New York Giants. So I feel good about that, man. But that's all right, man. You win some, you lose some. It's a long playoffs. I think we're going to get some more W's on my belt. Hey, so you know what? You picked Tom Brady in the Bucks, man. I've also picked Tom Brady in the Bucks. I'm going to go for the clean sweep tomorrow. I also think you're going to go to 500 tomorrow, man. So I think that's great. Uh, I would say, man, is there any uh, any final final things you want to say, man? I know we've been doing a ton of work off the pod in terms of behind this behind the scenes work here, trying to get this going, man. I know website designs and all this stuff is there anything that you wanted to uh to talk about before we sign off for the evening man Ooh, wow yeah plug us a little bit i really would say look up daily football report we're on spotify it feels great we're gonna be on apple tomorrow as well and that also feels great so yeah man just been building this up editing it on the backstage and yeah sir i just yeah like there's no time for sleep man just work but you know what this doesn't feel like work it's been a pure pleasure right i yes. feel i feel like i'm reinvigorated again man i feel like i just uh turned back into like my 18 19 20 year old self man where you got all that energy and you just go 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 right you kind of feeling that a bit man working out on these pods absolutely man it's some late nights some it's some early mornings man checking numbers looking at looking at all the analytics and everything that go into this as well as trying to keep up with what we can do for content throughout the day but i will say this too um for anybody that's interested um now that we are switching platforms obviously we'll still be on twitter spaces one to two times a week so we can keep that interaction as we promised in our last episode kind of explaining the changes that are going on Uh, i did want to add i will go ahead and uh, post our Spotify URL link so anyone can access this. I'll post it on the comments on every single place that this is being posted. So if you do want to go check us out, go see all our pods. We are uploading them literally right now. Um, go ahead and just go to the comments. I'll have it posted there. Perfect, sir. Very well said. Yeah, man, I think that's it. I think we should sign out and head out, right, and get back to work, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Tomorrow, right? Hey, so hey, hopefully- you know what, man? We'll uh, we'll be back. Uh, I think we're going to be coming back tomorrow after the Buccaneers destroy the Dallas Cowboys on prime time, man. So uh, I think we'll have a reaction video to that. And please feel free to uh, keep following us on all our socials, and we will uh, keep producing good content for you on the daily. And yes, please, please keep sending us your questions, and we'll address them, and we'll you know we'll work on them, man. We love we love doing what we do. All right, that's it. That's the final words and episode eight. Thank you. We're signing out. Thank you. Bye-bye.